Jimmy Butler, he's a very interesting player to me. He's like, oh, shoot, I don't know where to go with the ball because I haven't been able to think. It was a great series. Game four was one of the best games I've ever watched in my entire life. Now LeBron's a four-time champion, and Anthony Davis gets his first. That's just, it's unacceptable. So happy when the Astros lost because it would definitely be a 2020 thing. Yeah, I was impressed by their game. Braden Point, Andre Palat, uh, Nikita Kucherov, that was the best line in the playoffs, no doubt. Stay undefeated when they face the Mighty Mighty Cowboys with Garrett Gilbert. Hey everyone, I'm Jared Sandler, and you're listening to Outsiders Opinions. What is up, y'all? Welcome to our NFL Opinions of the Week. Uh, we're almost at the end. We had some wild games. But Austin, we had two situations. I asked you this about the Cowboys game. Um, you said, let me think. So you've had plenty of time, in my opinion, to consider options. Would you go for it on that, wasn't it, fourth and three? Or it was fourth and goal on the three-yard line. Well, the three-yard line, that's where you do two-point conversions. And I'm sure you have a play there. So probably I, I would go for it, mainly because I trust the defense, especially with the situation that they were in. Uh, they did end up getting a stop anyway. And I feel like if you were to start, even if they don't get it, starting from your own three, that's a really tough task, even to get a field goal. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same thing. I would have gone for it. But it's because I didn't trust the defense. And, like, I can win the game there. Oh, no, no, no. I That's, that's the reason why you go for it. Well, you don't go for it because you don't trust the defense. I go for it because you win the game if you score. And if you don't get it, Going all the way down the field to kick a field goal from your own three is a very tall task. And one plane is a safety, potentially. So, Yeah, that's why I was like, I can win it here. And a field goal, like even if they score a touchdown, they can win it with a PAT. So I was like, to me, a field goal doesn't make sense here. But it all worked out. Um, Minshew, I think, looked well, uh, looked, played well. Um, what what other thoughts did you have with that game? Yeah, Minshew impressed me. There were some picks that weren't his fault and some picks that were his fault. Dak was extremely good. I uh, enjoyed watching uh, C.D. Lamb play because he played very well. It was a great wide receiver game between A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, C.D. Lamb. The great catch by T.Y. Hilton in his first reception as a Cowboy. It was a great game. Yeah, and Dak, I feel like I saw Dak's worst throw and Dak's best throw in that game. Because the Are you talking for uh, the season? Uh, maybe just ever. <laughs> you say because, that T.Y. Hilton throws the best throw of his career? I don't know, like, what other throw? Maybe there's one, like, his rookie year with a touchdown throw to uh, Terrence Williams in the end zone. Hmm. But that throw was amazing to T.Y. Because, oh man, it was just a wonderful play. And it helped them because I was like, oh great, we're not going to get this third and 30 and we're going to lose the game. But they didn't. They won the game. Um, But that pick six is definitely the worst throw I've seen from Dak. Yeah, that was 
I don't know if he just didn't see him or he thought that he wasn't going to put his hands up or what happened there, but there was a disconnect and it was definitely not a good throw. I don't know if it's his worst. He made some bad throws against the Packers uh, and some other teams this season and before, but it definitely was not a good throw. Yeah, I think he just kind of like spaced out like he's like oh this is an easy throw and the guy didn't make a great play but because the tight end was wide open from what i remember and all he had to do was just throw it higher he just threw it low yeah that's why i I, he must have not thought that the reaction time was there but it obviously was and it definitely did not turn out positive for him yeah so uh that's the interception issue is still a struggle with dak and we did have another issue with the Packers and Dolphins where the Packers pulled it out. They were, to me, in a very similar situation with the Cowboys, but there was more time where they could have gone for it, but they opted to kick for the field goal. For the Packers, they'd already gone for it on fourth down three or four times before that, and they'd only gotten one. So I I get it, at least mentality speaking, like – hey, we haven't gotten this many times. Like, let's just keep it safe. Our defense has played well. It's more of a mentality thing. Which, which The Cowboys, their offense have been so great all game that I don't see the downside of going for it. But for the Packers, they hadn't gotten many fourth downs that game. I think they were one for four, one for, for three. And they just didn't want to risk losing the game, especially with how their defense had been playing. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, Tua did not look good in that final quarter where he threw three picks. But um, overall, the thing is the Packers are still in the hunt for the playoffs, which I think could happen given if the Cowboys went out, that would lead to a commander's loss. And I don't know what Vikings team the Packers is going to play. The Packers are going to play this weekend. Well, also, they practically secured – one more win with the Vikings, I think, would secure the two seed, right? Because I think they did they have the tiebreaker over the Niners. I believe so. Maybe or I think if the Niners win out, they get the two seed, and the Vikings have to lose out. So the Vikings would have to lose both games. Yes, I believe so. Uh, I'm checking this out. Yeah, you need two Vikings win, two Vikings wins, and a San Francisco loss. You mean the opposite? I'm looking at this Vikings page, and it says... Well, that's wrong, because the Vikings have a better record. So if the Vikings win out, they, they cannot not be the two seed. Oh, maybe it's or, like the Vikings win out or San Francisco loses. But that makes no sense because if the Vikings go one and one and San Francisco goes two and zero, oh, wait, so they 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 don't have the tiebreaker. I guess not. Did they play each other? But but, but the thing is, is like with what you just said, right? Or San Francisco loses, so that implies that if the if the Vikings go one and one, and San Francisco goes one and one, yes, the Vikings have a better record, but. They're saying if the San Francisco goes one and one and the Vikings go zero and two, 
the Vikings still get it because it says or San Francisco one loss. Uh, I'm I'm looking for this. <laughs> Some. Because uh, it talks about the Niners and the one seed. Okay. Yeah, it looks like um, if Minnesota Minnesota controls their own destiny with the two seed. Yeah, they do because they have a better record. So I do have to ask you a important question. Yes. So the Tampa Bay Bucks have not had a great season. They're seven and eight. However, even if they weren't leading their division, they're still a top seven team. So is it really that bad of a playoff? Like, like okay, for example, when we go back to Washington when they were eight and nine and made it back in, or, or no, they were seven and nine and made it back in 2020. That was viewed as a really bad playoff team. Why? Because they kicked out teams that could have been in the playoffs, I believe. But in this one, like, they're not. I don't view Tampa as all that bad of a playoff team in the sense that. They aren't kicking out a team that has a better record. Do you get what I'm saying? They like there's no there's, one... there is no better option, record wise. Record wise. Record wise. Yeah. So I don't necessarily see it as a travesty for the game that oh my god they won their division, and that's wh- that's why they got in because they went out there 9 and 8 even if they don't win out and they just make the playoffs as a losing record team like 8 and 9 there's probably there's a good chance the 7 seeds 8 and 9 because yeah, i don't really trust true. washington under carson wentz i think moving off of taylor heineke's a not great decision heineke did not play that bad against the 49ers even though they got they did not play particularly well i know he lost the fumble but they just play better for Heineke. Heineke, I think, relates better to players. He's a much more high-energy, high-effort guy than Wentz is. And while Wentz probably has better talent, I would take Heineke any day of the week. Heineke is 5-3-1 and one as a starter, while Carson Wentz this year is 2-4. and four. So I, I do have to question Ron Rivera there why, uh, especially mid-game, taking Heineke out. Very questionable. He didn't even throw a pick. That wasn't the reason. He lost a fumble which was more on the O-line that I, I thought because the 49ers have such a great defense, like you're going to turn the ball over most likely. I don't really blame that on Heineke, and I do wonder about the move there. So I would say that, and this is what I wanted to get at, which of the teams that have a chance of making the playoffs do you think have the best chance? Of winning? Of those teams at the bottom. Of making the playoffs? Yeah, so between New York probably has the best chance because all they have to do is beat the... They just have to win one of the next two games. Washington, Seattle, Detroit. Bless you. Thank you. The Panthers, Packers, Saints, and then obviously the Bucks. All those teams have a chance. I believe the Saints still have a chance, right? The Saints aren't eliminated? Uh, They are not eliminated. I didn't think so, yeah. Because they can still win their division. Uh, If the Panthers beat the 
Bucks and then the Saints win the next two games and the Panthers lose one of the next two. Like the Saints would just have a better record than the Panthers, so they would get in. Uh, but yeah, of those teams, which team do you think has the best chance of getting in? I'm probably gonna say Bucks because I'm not sure if the Panthers are gonna be able to beat them. Because I I also want to talk about the Bucks because I found the right word to describe them. They're basically a cockroach. Because if they just linger around and they're not totally dead, they can win the game. Because during the Cardinals game, as soon as it hit two minutes, I'm like, great, Tom Brady's going to win the game. Because in the two minutes, or when it's in less than two minutes, that's when the Bucks decide to go no huddle offense. Their no huddle go. offense should be what they do the entire game. Yeah. It actually heard, they move the ball. I've heard like points of like they can't always do a hurry up, um, just because like it put their defense out there too many times. But if they did a no huddle offense where it allows Brady to read the defense, they said that's what makes it great because Brady reads the defense and they knows exactly where to go with the ball. So I'm like, if the if the Bucks just linger around, they're probably gonna win that game. Because it plays to their strength, which is Brady. But to me, they're not a good team. They just they're, they don't have a quality O line. Their O line keeps getting hurt. They need Ryan Jensen back. Uh, their wide receivers are high. Uh, I don't know if they still lead the league in drops, but they're very high on that list. Brady now is forcing the ball, so he's throwing more picks. But that's because he's trying to force the ball, trying to get the ball down the field as they're not moving the ball enough. Their run game is one of the worst I've ever seen ever. Their defense is good but i feel like he gives up too many big plays against good teams people were saying that like brady is getting carried by his defense but the games where the defense has played exceptional are against a team like the cardinals who are starting their third string uh quarterback or other games where they played well like the saints where they're not even starting their starter like i don't think the defense has been as good as some people are trying to make it out to be yeah, I agree. And they're missing Shaquille Barrett, in my opinion. A huge pass rusher. Yeah, and arguably the defense. best player on defense. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to talk about the Bucks. So that's why, just because if they linger around. But then Giants probably, since they just have to win one game, and they do play the Colts this week, which that's a team that's just off the rails. Yep, I totally agree that that is uh... – I don't even know what to think about the Colts. But uh, to continue here, a team that I think has the least amount of chance, I would say, is the Saints. But if we're going to go with teams that are 7-8, and eight, that one is tough. Because I really like the Seahawks. I, I believe the Seahawks team is much better than people give it credit for. If it could just get its run game and defense down, I think that they would be a playoff team. Because Geno Smith has played amazing. But their next two games are against the Jets and the Rams, so they could definitely win those next two games. But they've lost three straight. And Washington, I don't believe in. The Lions, what are your thoughts about the Lions? I think they're a fun team, and it seems like they're really fighting for Dan Campbell. So I think they could make it. It looks like they play the Bears, and then do they play the Vikings? No, they play the Packers. They basically play the Packers in a playoff game. If the Vikings lose to the Packers, which means the Packers win, and then the Lions beat the Bears, 
I think that's a playoff game, basically. Yeah, I would agree. I think the Commanders the Commanders play the uh, the Cowboys and who? Uh, they play the Cowboys at week seven or at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, but who but do they, they play? play the Browns. The Browns. Yeah, who are out so, of the playoffs now? I I think, I think they lose one win one. I think the uh, Commanders win one game, lose one game. They beat the Browns because the Browns are horrible and are starting Josh Dobbs as their QB next game, which is crazy. And I thought then, that was Titans. Oh, yeah. that's Titans. That's right. He was wearing a Browns jersey in the post, so I just got confused. That's my fault. But still, even oh, under Deshaun Watson, he is, uh, the Browns are not playing well. Their offense cannot get clicking. Maybe that's because Deshaun Watson wasn't with the team the whole year. Or maybe it's because he doesn't gel well with the system. But whatever the reason, the Browns aren't good. So I think the Commanders go... One and one, finish eight, eight and one, respectable record. But I feel like the Packers or the Lions are probably the team that gets in. I think one of those teams goes nine and eight. And I really think it's down to that Lions Packers game. I think, week eight, I think week 18, we see a playoff game. And it's Lions Packers. And we also have another playoff game Jaguars and Titans. That's true. That's true. No matter what happens this week, that's why the Titans are sitting everyone and starting Josh Jobs. Or they're also yeah, starting Josh Cowboys, Jobs because so. Malik Willis has not been great. And they got to figure out who their QB is going to be. But, I mean, at some point they may just start Derrick Henry at QB. But, yeah, <laughs> that I would, is what it is. Yeah. Um, we're recording before then, but I don't think it's going to be much of a game. We'll see what happens. But I don't get why they're not playing Willis. So you think they don't believe in Willis? This so year. I, I think they don't believe in him this year, and they're trying to win. If you get in the playoffs, you can't tank. You don't, you're not, you, you never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. You never know how many years you're going to have. You don't know if next year you tear your ACL, and then you tear your ACL again, and you never get to play again. Or you just never get signed. Or the coach, you get fired. Or something happens. So you really, really have to appreciate every playoff game as it's your last. And so I feel like they're going with Dobbs this game to see, is Dobbs who we're going with if Tannehill can't come back? And like I said, it does not matter. Even if the Jaguars win and the Titans lose this week, next week matters more. It's the Titans when they get in. Jaguars are when they get in. So they're prepping for that as a playoff game because it is. It's a playoff game no matter what happens. So I'm excited to see. Uh, if two playoff games week 18 would be fun. I If I could choose a team that gets in like as a squad, I still think the Seahawks are better than the Lions, the Packers, or the Commanders. But again, their defense has really fallen off besides uh, Tariq Woolen. Uh, the run game is completely non-existent now. So, I don't know how they do it. And then the Panthers, I don't see Tom Brady losing to the Panthers to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I'm hoping for it. But also, on some of the Malik Willis thing, I just would start him just to see, like, hey, just get some growth from this game and get some reps. But you have, you have to give – because here's the thing. There is no – if you start Willis's game, right, putting Dobbs in a playoff game for his first start of the year 
is disingenuous. It is not how you should do it. So if they have any doubt about Willis, which obviously they do, this is the game to go Dobbs. Willis has made starts before. If Dobbs plays horrible, it's not Willis's first start of the year. He already knows the system. Even if he's a young QB like he is. This is their only chance to go, hey, this is a preseason game, practically. Learn the system. You're not going to have Henry. We get that. You don't have to play exceptional. You don't have to win. Just show us why we should start you. It is a trial game. It is a tryout. He's trying out for the playoff QB position. If we're going to okay. count Week 18 as QB. As, uh, I mean, not as QB, but as playoffs. So you think he's playing next week? If everything, if he plays, all right. Yes, if he plays well, yes. Okay, I'm thinking Willis starts next week. That's why they're resting him. They're not. Why would you? What? No, I don't. That's, that's, my, make that's sense. my thing. Like I think. No, no. no but here, here's why that doesn't make sense. He's not hurt. Like all the other guys, they're resting. They're not really resting. They're resting. Yes, you're right. But it's guys that have played every game all year. Or have lingering injuries because they played every game all year. Or, or just have nicks and bruises. But Willis has not played every game all year. And still needs to learn. If you are starting him next week, you have to play him this game. For learning purposes. So yeah, my, my thing is that they are seeing, is Dobbs the right choice? Because Willis had already made starts. And yes, it is. it kind of hurts. Or it doesn't stun. It hurts his growth this year. To not play this game. So I think they're banking on Dobbs showing them something. And if not, they can still turn to Willis, who has played games before. But if, let's say, Willis plays horrible this week. And they want to say, no, we got to go to Dobbs. We have to. It puts Dobbs in a very, very tough spot. Yeah, I see your point. I'm, I'm just thinking they're like being precautionary. Like, hey... Willis, we want to play you for next week because it's a playoff game, so we're not going to give you this, which is my um, view of, like, no, you should play him. But you, you and I are just disagreeing on who will play next week. Well, maybe not, but we're disagreeing on who has the potential to play. You're saying no matter what, Willis starts. No matter if Dobbs still yes. for 500 yards and four touchdowns, Willis is starting. Yes. Okay, I say it's performance-based. Well, it could start next week, and I would agree with you if Dobbs plays horrible. I would totally agree with you. Okay. But that's fair. I think Dobbs will start if he plays competent. He does not have to win the game. He does not even have to play well. He just needs to play, show that he can lead the team as a QB, which I don't think Willis has really shown. Well, I don't know. Let me just check Willis's record this year. I don't know if he has a win. Or did he play? No, they lost last week, right? He's one and two as a starter. He has zero touchdowns, three picks. He's yet to throw for a touchdown. Yeah. He's yet to throw for 100 yards in a game. Damn. Even in games he started. Last week they lost to Houston. He played every snap. He threw for 99 yards. And two picks. Yeah, I don't view him much as a thrower right now. I view him more as a runner. And then it gives them the read option with Derrick Henry and Willis. 
and then he just does. But you wouldn't see that as a play-by-play type thing, like oh, if this happens, we'll do this. Like, like for example, they just play Dobbs, and then hey, Willis, you're going out there for a read option that sometimes you could throw an RPO. Just run an RPO read option, where sometimes you could throw out of it, but mainly you're there for the read option. I just view it as they're like a Marcus Mariota with the Raiders run game. And they don't, they're, because I'm not a huge fan of switching quarterbacks within the game for certain plays. I disagree with that because there's certain plays where it's not really a quarterback you're putting in. Yes, Willis could throw the ball. It's like Taysom Hill. You're telling me you wouldn't put Taysom Hill at QB sometimes? He's so versatile. He could literally do anything with the, the ball. Defense? Like, you know what's going to come up. Taysom Hill threw for like a 30-yard touchdown, and then the next next drive runs for a 67-yard touchdown. Taysom Hill is not someone that you just game plan for, oh, he's going to run the ball. Oh, he's going to hand it off to Alvin Kamara. Oh, he's going to pass the ball. You can't... Taysom Hill is one of the most important players for the Saints. I'd say he's the most important players for the Saints. I would, I would agree with that. Kamara did not play all that well this year. Michael Thomas was consistently hurt, and what Hill can do is so important. Like, if, like, he'd be a perfect player for any team. But, again, if Willis could just become just the runner or passer, not even the receiver that Hill is, I feel like that could add an extra layer to the uh, the game plan. And the thing is, it's like, yes, if you have a great QB, don't take him out. I'm not saying put in Taysom Hill for Tom Brady every other play. But, in the situations where they call for it, I feel like it could spice things up. Because it's not like Willis cannot pass. Okay, I see your point. But yeah. Um, so I think, do you want to move on into the Nathaniel Hackett firing? Sure. It's way too early to fire a coach. That didn't do anything like morally wrong like... Uh, Urban Meyer. Yeah, I don't really blame him. I don't really blame Hackett for the Bronco struggles right now. You can't. It is impossible, and I mean impossible, to change a team in one season. Completely change. He did not have time to get everyone he wanted. He did not have time to get acquainted to Russell Wilson. He did not have time to get acquainted to everyone on the offense. Yes, he was not a great leader. Yes, he made some poor decisions, but it was his first time as a head coach, or at least an NFL head coach. So, I feel like it was more of the Broncos deciding, hey, we want to keep Russell Wilson, so we're just going to blame everything on the coach. Yeah, I would agree. I I don't know if they're choosing Russell Wilson. I think they're just stuck with Russell Wilson. Well, they're choosing him... Because you could always make a move. Someone would always offer you something for Russell Wilson. But I'm I'm talking about like the contract there. Like we've dedicated so much money to Wilson, we can't say we failed. We cho- we made the wrong choice. Well, no, but that's my point that they're choosing. They they can't say they failed. They're deciding we can't say we we failed. You and I are saying the same thing. I just don't consider it as necessarily stuck. They're not stuck with Wilson. They chose him. I would say they're stuck because of the financial commitment. They had a a big financial commitment to Nathaniel Hackett that they're going to have to pay no matter what. 
but not as much as Wilson. Then why don't you? I I don't think you understand my point. They could have stayed with both, but they want to make they Wilson could've. happy. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to get at. They're they're not stuck with Wilson. They they decided Wilson is right. They decided, hey, we're gonna blame this on Hackett, fire Hackett, pay him millions of dollars for the next couple of years to do nothing, just so that we can make Wilson happy. Okay, I'm we're we're on the general premise. The ulterior motives we disagree on. Cause I, I'm I'm not sure Wilson was happy with Hackett, but I do believe Hackett is the scapegoat. He's like, yeah, you're the reason, not our quarterback. And uh, the players, the locker room is just not a good thing right now. So I think they need a different voice if they need it because they need Wilson to work or they want Wilson to work, whichever way it works or however it sounds better to you. Yeah. I mean, Russ, I, I just don't trust that he's the man for the job because I don't think that he can be a true leader. And I feel like that's something that we always saw with the Seahawks, that the reason why the defense wasn't didn't like him. The reason the boom defense did not like him because he did not – it's not that he didn't respect the defense, but I feel like he thought that the reason that they were winning was the offense, or at least he did not talk to them as much or include them in team conversations or whatever happened to cause that disconnect. I feel like we can continue to see that here. They have one of the best defenses in the league, and they have one of the worst offenses ever, ever, ever. Yeah. It's it's crazy seeing what – like, even if he's worse than what they thought he was, like, you couldn't have expected him to be terrible offensively and then in the locker room it's just I did not expect that and there it's I don't think he's the guy for the job but given what they're paying with him they have to do what they can because he signed a contract before the season and now that contract runs till 2028 but apparently there's a potential out in 2026 the Broncos defense has only allowed, let me check the stat again, 20.3 uh, points per game. But that doesn't even account for like pick sixes or fumble returns or kickoff returns or stuff like that. But their offense has only scored 15.5 points per game. Or their team has scored 15 points for 15.5 points per game. That is horrible. For example, last year, with uh, Teddy Bridgewater as their QB, 19.7 points per game. Now, yes, would that team be about 519.7 and 20.3? Yeah, they'd be about maybe a little bit under 500. They wouldn't be a great team. No. The offense is still not good enough. 19.7 is not good enough. Because even their defense was better last year and they went 7 and 10. But that was mainly because Teddy Bridgewater got hurt because they were 7 and 7 with Bridgewater. But still. The, uh, the team got worse. And what was it? I think it was a culture issue that they had bringing on Russell Wilson. I think Hackett decided not to be a head coach. He decided to be 
a to not interfere with Russ. Decided to not hold Rush Russ as a, accountable as he probably should have, as much as probably Pete Carroll did. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah, they somehow their offense took a step back, which I didn't. I didn't. If you told me that last year, I was like, "There's no way they can take a step back," but they did. Here's. I this is the worst prediction I've ever made. I'll say it bluntly. I expected the Broncos to go thirteen and four, and then lose their first playoff game after getting a bye. I had them as the one seed losing their first playoff game, and then the Chiefs, I believe, winning the AFC. But me having the Bucks going thirteen and four is my worst prediction ever. However. There's no way someone can tell me that they confidently believed that they would start the year 4-11. I would not believe anyone who said that. I would also agree with you. How could you? They had great wide receiver talent. They had Javante Williams, a solid running back. They had the, I would argue, the second best defense in the league behind the 49ers. And they're horrible. They're not just bad. They are horrible. They played in probably the second worst Thursday night football game ever. Only behind the other game between the Commanders and the Bears earlier this year. That Colts game was atrocious. Yeah, I would say the worst game, though, would probably be the Rams. Putting 50 on them. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about, like, not their worst Thursday night football game. I'm oh, okay. talking about, like, the worst to watch as a fan. Yeah, that was definitely up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Gotcha. It's, it's disheartening to see how many times they have scored no points, and they, expect to, they expected to win. They scored 11 points on the 49ers and won. 11 Wow. The defense allowed beat, the second. They beat the Niners. That's wild. Yes, eleven to ten. Right after Trey Lance's injury, Jimmy Garoppolo's first start. Jeez. They lost to the Ravens ten to nine. Their defense allowed ten points and they lost. They just needed like an average QB. And I think at the beginning of the year, I thought they were getting an above-average QB. I think everyone thought. and Because even with an average QB, I think you put up enough points. Here, Here's the thing. I'm going to use last year's points per game average at 19.7. I'm going to be kind and round it down to 19. To the current team, I'm going to be kind and round it down to 19. Even okay. though it's 19.7. And I'm going to tell you how many games they win this year. Game 1. They lose 16-17. They score 19, they win. So they're 1-0. Next game, they win 16-9. They would still win that game. 19-9, they're 2-0. Next game, they win uh, 11-10. They'd actually win 19-10. So they're 3-0. And I, I'm just going to go based on what they scored, what the score would be. So they lose the next game 32-19. So they're 3-1. They would win the next game 19-12. 4-1. They would tie the next game 19-19. But because it's 19.7, I know I said, I'm going to give them the benefit of that out there because it's 19.7. Eventually, you have to score 20. So, I'll, I'll say they win that game 5-1. Next game, 
the defense only allows 16 points. They win 6-1. and one. Next game against Jacksonville, they only allow 17 points. They win that game 7-1. and one. The next game, they only allow 17 points against the Titans. 19? 8-1. They're 8-1 to start the year. Which is their average of last year. Actually less than that because I only gave them 20 points one time. They lose the next game. They lose the next game. So, okay, they're 8-3. and three. They'd win the next game. 9-3. and three. They'd lose 9-4. and four. They'd win 10-4. and four. And then they'd lose last week to the Rams. They'd be 10-5 and five right now. And instead, probably in the playoffs. Oh, definitely in the playoffs. Definitely. They already clinched. They already clinched. The Chargers clinched and they're 9-6. and six. If they're 10-5, and five, they clinched. Well, the Ravens are 10-5 and five and they clinched. Yeah. They clinched easy. And that's with less points per game than last year. That's like 19.1 points per game. That's crazy. And now I think I'm very intrigued because I think the Russell Wilson thing was like, okay, we saw what the Rams did. They won the Super Bowl when they traded for a QB. We think we can do something very similar. Did not work out. So now what's the situation with Derek Carr, who I think is on, is not going to be a Raider next season? Derek Carr is similar level to Matthew Stafford, in my opinion. Derek Carr has never had a good defense on his team. He's had some good wide receivers. He's had some great years, but he also throws a lot of picks. He's very he's very Matthew Stafford to me. Very Matthew Stafford. I feel like he has that grit and grind that Matthew Stafford has. Being in Oakland definitely helped with that, and I feel like he's a competent starter in the league. Top 20 starter in the league, I would say, when playing well. Uh, I feel like he'd be a high-value QB to get if you're a team that's the Browns and you don't believe in Deshaun Watson even more even though you paid him a trillion dollars. Or the Colts. I feel like the Colts are the team that gets Derek Carr. Based on everything they've been doing the past couple years, I think they get Derek Carr, even though okay. it doesn't fix their problems. But still, okay. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw in a name, but I'm gonna give you a choice. What do you think is more likely to happen? Because I know what you're gonna choose. The person you're gonna choose. But what is more likely to happen? The Jets trade for um, Derek Carr, or they sign Tom Brady in the offseason. What is more likely to happen? Trade for Derek Carr. Okay. Because I've been listening to stuff and, uh, or like, uh, reporters, and it seems like San Francisco, given with what's happening with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, seems like they're not going to want Tom Brady this offseason. Let me put it this way. Just, just, this is not what you're talking about. It is what you're talking about, but it's not. It's, it's a tangent. But yep. it has yep. to be mentioned, at least for me. Uh, there's a 0% chance Tom Brady retires. Tom Brady oh, I, I cannot totally go out like this. Unless he somehow, some way, gets everyone back healthy and they have the most resurgent resurgence of all time and wins a Super Bowl, there's a 0% chance he retires. Nil. Zilch. None. Oh, I totally agree. He's not retiring. I'd be shocked. I would be absolutely stunned stunned you know what i saw one post today it may not be true 
I may be wrong. I think Sean Payton goes back to New Orleans. And I think Tom Brady comes with him. Ooh. That would be... Okay. I think that... If... if I, I agree with you. The 49ers are playing too well to go with Tom Brady. I would say... In order of most likely... I would go New Orleans. And I'm talking new places. Not Tampa. So maybe Tampa figures it out. But well, let's say if he moves, most likely. Because I'd say even most likely right now he stays with Tampa and they just fix it. Because I don't think besides the Niners, he doesn't have a better option necessarily when it comes to talent. As long as they can get their stuff together and get healthy. But if we're saying he leaves, that's guaranteed. Okay, let me go down most likely teams. Most likely New Orleans. And then I'd say Jets. And then I'd say Niners. And then I'd say Giants. Ooh, I would hate that. That does make sense. Because <laughs> I, I feel like if he goes to the Giants, I think Odell goes to the Giants. Because I don't know if Odell signs with the team at this point. I feel like maybe he does, but I don't think it would be for an extended year deal. Like, it would be for this season only. You know what I mean? Which, I don't think he's going to play. Um, no, he's not going to play until the playoffs. But I don't know if the team's going to sign him. You just sign him before the playoffs. But yes, he won't play until then. But uh, I think he signs a one-year deal. Maybe he signs with the Giants, and then Tom Brady just goes there. And the Giants are such a young team, a team that they could really build around. Especially if you get Tom Brady going there, you could sign a lot of good free agents. Another team that I want to put up there as maybe a five spot. Oh, man. Where do you do it? I'm going to say Titans because I think the Titans have a Brady system already with Mike Vrabel. It would be something that he knows. Vrabel is very Belichick. He's very Belichick. And in six, I go Patriots. I don't think he goes back to the Patriots because he wants to stick it to the Patriots. But I, I, I agree with your list. Does tight you get my Titans one though, right? I get sense. yeah. I was about to say like Titans. I would also throw the Colts in there. I don't think he Patriots. goes to the Colts. I think he sees what's happening and like, huh? All these guys were really good beforehand. Came here and then horrible. What happens if Peyton joins him there? Maybe, maybe if Peyton is the coach or even a GM. I see it as much more likely. But that's not something I can really predict. I, I like your Peyton angle, though, in the Saints. It's good. I think Peyton returns to the Saints, and Tom Brady follows him. And then they, they, they would still have a great defense. Would we and they would have a great wide receiving core. If healthy. But yes. Uh, I have to ask you this, though. Would it be really weird between Tyron Matthew and Tom Brady? Nah. You don't think so? After Matthew, I think was... there have been weirder relationships he's had. Maybe because he he brought Richard Sherman last year. That's true. That's complete. That's a very good comparison, Kevin. I'm actually that's actually a really good Thank comparison because obviously they had a very big beef, and then obviously, like you said, they brought him, even though Sherman did equivalently nothing uh, for the team. But 
still, they brought him into the locker room. He was there for a couple plays and stuff. But, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it is – you're getting paid millions of dollars to play if you're going to complain about a player that is one of the greatest uh, – one of the greatest winners in sports history. So I don't think you'd be complaining on that much. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing much. The one thing I do want to end on, we're going to have a pretty nice Monday night football game. Bills and uh, Bengals. Wow. Who's home? Uh, I think Bills. Hmm. Let me check. Oh, no, it's Bills at Bengals. Okay, I'd take the Bengals to win that game. The Bengals are just so good at home. And it's Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I'm almost at Burrow's better than Allen. I'm I'm on the same. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Because I'm thinking about our next year's quarterback rankings. Oh, I can't wait. Something I do want to ask that I just thought of, that I just connected the dots on. Brady was thinking about going to Miami to be part owner. What if yeah, he that's goes why I there agree because with you, of Sean Payton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, could he go to the Dolphins because of Tua's concussion issues? If he keeps getting concussed, he can't play. That, but in that it's Hill McDaniel's Waddle, head coach. True, but McDaniel's was with the 49ers, a place he wanted to go. That could be part of the reason he wanted to go there in the first place. I think that would be a fun, a, a fun relationship. Oh, I think watch. that'd be so fun, especially the fact that Brady is older than him. But yeah, that would be fun. No matter wh- wherever Brady goes, I'll enjoy it. Unless it's Wait, I just enjoy McDaniel as a head coach. He's hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <sighs> is he the most entertaining head coach? Ooh. Off the field, I'd say yes. Even on the field, though. No, because I feel like watching Sean McVay coach is really fun. Watching Rabel coach sometimes is really fun. Andy Reid sometimes is really fun. Andy Reid's better off the field, though, than he is on. Off the field, Andy Reid's a coach. There you go. All right. Well, yeah. Let us know what you think. Um, a little bit longer, but it was a good episode. Let us know what you think, and thank you for listening to Outsider's Opinions.